0: I am not Rod Serling, but I am a celebrity impersonator and you are about to enter a dimension, not of Kardashians or reality TV, but of nostalgia, of television programs and motion pictures that have transcended the passage of time. That's the signpost step ahead. Your next stop, closerweekly.com's classic TV and film podcast. I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. Jiggle TV was the name given to ABC in the mid-70s by competitor NBC, who dared accuse the Alphabet Network of using TNA to grow audiences. Come on, where's your proof? Wonder Woman? Breeze Company? Uh, Charlie's Angels? Ah, who cares what NBC is? Charlie's Angels was a sensation right from its premiere in 1976. The show focused on a trio of female crime fighters, initially played by Kate Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, and Jacqueline Smith. And it captured the imagination of people around the world. It ran until 1981 and eventually spawned two movies, a reboot series, and a new film that's currently in development. The person who knows more about this than pretty much anyone is angelologist Mike Pingle. Not only has he written two books on the subject, not only does he run the site Charlie'sAngels.com, and not only does he have a huge Charlie's Angels memorabilia collection, but Mike has worked as an assistant to Farah and is friends with the rest of the Angels. He has Angels cred. Join us as Mike shares on all things Charlie's Angels. Well, I guess, and I guess that's probably the best place to start, is, uh, is to ask about the fact that it's not even just a fascination with Charlie's Angels. It's it's this knowledge, this connection you have with Charlie's Angels. So I'd love to get a sense from you of how it started and for you just as a fan and how it led to you doing everything you've been doing and being in contact with them and friends with them and working with them and doing all sorts of things.
1: Um, I always say I'm the most blessed man on earth. Um. I started my love of Charlie's Angels when I was a wee boy at seven or eight. Uh, when it was on in 1977, I fell in love with it. I knew about Charlie's Angels in 1976 because, of course, when uh, Jacqueline and Sarah and, and Kate, you know, took the airwaves, it became, you know, overnight rock sensations. They were on every magazine cover and everybody wanted that. It was, you know, it was a phenomenon uh, from the get go. But I lived in Los Angeles. I lived actually in Monterey, California, so it was on at ten, and I was a little too young to watch the show at the time. And then the following year, when Cheryl replaced Farrah, uh, they dropped it to nine o'clock, and I was able to watch the first half an hour. And I think it opened up a lot, you know, a lot more, a lot more viewers, especially younger viewers at the time. Um, so I fell in love with it then. You know, Cheryl was my favorite, and at that point, you know, Aaron did something with, with Charlie's angels that they were doing with star Wars and they started producing all this toys, all this merchandise. They had done a little merchandise for other TV shows before, but not until like Charlie's angels and everything Aaron was doing. It was like explosion. They did everything under the sun. So as a kid, I was, you know, I wanted the puzzles and the magazines and I can remember asking my mother to cut out the thing in the back of a magazine and send the $3 in so I can get the angels magazine. Um, Although they would not, my parents didn't let me have the dolls because I was a boy. Right. Um But I ran up, I ran up the street, and the girls above me had gotten the dolls. And of course, you know, as kids, we ripped everything off. And so I was like, "Keep the backing. I want the backing." So I had, their, <laughs> I had the backing of all the dolls, uh, which had the artwork of each one. Right. So anyway, so fast forward, you know, being older, you know, recording all the episodes on tapes. I had them all on tapes when it was when it came went to on TNT. Uh, I remember when Thanksgiving, all my friends from college, we all just jumped you know, on the bed. We were watching Charlie's Angels eating leftovers. Um, and then, then flash forward forward. Um, well, actually when I was in Europe, I had a pretty big collection of puzzles and records and clippings and posters and, uh, all the stuff the boys would have. And my parents kind of, uh, and they hate when I say this, um, Kind of had me, you know, throw stuff away. Like, you need to clear out and, you know, grow up as a person. Every parent does that to their
0: kids. (laughs) Sorry. Right? And then I I regret
1: it. Yep. And they regret it now, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I did that. And when I moved to Los Angeles, you know, I was still a fan throughout the years. I got here, and um, the first thing happened, I went to a party. And this this guy collected uh, celebrity dolls. and on the back of the, in his bedroom was, were the Charlie's Angels dolls. And I go, I want those. And that's sort of my recollecting of Charlie's angels. Um, there used to be a thing called toy shop. We used to, you know, buy things on toy. This was way before the internet was, was huge and anything that what it was today. Right. Um, so we, you know, toy shop and circle things and call people on the phone and, you know, and buy things for pennies on the dollar now. um, and so my roommate, she was like, it was the weirdest, she was like, there would be boxes, like Charlie's Angel stuff would be coming, and she was like, what is wrong with this person that I'm living with? <laughs> um, so it was dolls and dresses and hideaway houses, and I was getting all this stuff. And uh, at the time, I was like, you know, I, I met some Charlie's Angels fans, and I'm like, Are, you know, is there a newsletter? And they said, no. And like, is there, you know, so I said, well, I'm going to start one. So that was the birth of Angelic Heaven uh in nineteen ninety-five. Um so it was the first new newsletter. And what I did and I was just started, you know, calling publicists or you know, finding out because that's all the angels at that time were doing still doing movies of the week and stuff like that. And I was getting screeners and Sony was doing a lot of um Kodak at the time and so I was doing I had all this stuff so it just started like this little newsletter. And, you know, people around the world were sending, you know, their $12 for the newsletter for a year. And, and um, I had another friend who I did some PR for and, uh, he built my website at com. And, um, three, three months later, I was chosen as the best site on yahoo.com at the time, Wow. which blew me off my server at the, at, this was 1996. So it blew me off my server. And, um we got up and running and I started getting be interviewed around the world about Charlie's angels. And my, you know, my goal was to, to write a book on it and get the book done. And, um, which of course takes took 10 years to get that published. But, um, uh, so, so yeah, so, so that, and then I started sending the, the newsletter out to the, the actresses, the actresses, publicists. And, um, although the, the big thing for me at the time with that was I, uh, there was a show called Deco Drive down in, in Florida. If this is too long, you can tell me to stop. No, shut that's up. Good. Um, good. Uh, It was downtown. uh is in Florida. And they had were interviewing Cheryl Ladd for her movie, and sh- they were asking her about money. So the interview they did with me, they intersected Cheryl with it. And I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. You know, they're cutting from me to Cheryl Add. Um And at the same time, um, we did great things with the newsletter, like, we the fans chose the first two um videotapes that came out uh the episodes on one of those videotapes they they we did a um a thing with with our online and the fans chose which ones were released, which was I believe angels and chains and the other one was something adults on that one um I can check on that if, if that's any relevance. um so so the fans i was working with Sony Pictures and Sony Pictures interviewed me for um the first DVD release, and that's where I got named Angelologist. They gave me the name of Angelologist. (laughs) Um,
0: Congratulations.
1: And so, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, kept going. I mean, that, and then I, I, you know, I ran into Tanya Roberts at the yogurt shop. um, And that, you know, I became friends, really good friends with her. Um, uh, And then, you know, I I, I were shooting for something for E. I met Shelly Hack with that. So, you know, it just it just all kind of rotated. And then of course I was asked to be on uh Chasing Farah and that's where I met Farah Fawcett. She was the, the last angel at the time to meet. I met Jacqueline at both premieres of the movies. I was consulted on the movies, a small consultant on the on the first movie. Um, and so then, you know, with Farah, uh the producers like they one of the producers liked me so much and she needed an assistant, a real assistant at the time. Um so Farah came over to my apartment and we talked and chatted, and he was like, "Man, you would be great assistant." So I was asked to interview for Farah, and I, which I did, because I, I wanted to see her house. My goodness, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. So I went to the condo, and I was like, "Never taking the job." At that point, I had been uh, an assistant, uh, you know, kind of an assistant at the time, and I knew what was involved. I don't, you know, I don't want you know, one of my angels to be yelling at me. You know, that would be <laughs> crazy. Nobody
0: wants that, right?
1: No, no. One of your idols. And she was the sweetest thing. and so nice. And, um, we hit it off. I was her assistant for two years. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I've, I've, you know, in the friendships with Cheryl and Kay Jackson, you know, they've all evolved and, you know, it's, which is, I always find nice for me is because they're not, you know, I don't have cease and desist or they're, you know, restraining orders. Restraining
0: orders. Right. That's the word that came to my mind. Right. <laughs>
1: that that was, that, you know, and, and they all, you know, I, I think a lot of it was you know, through the years they, 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 they got to know me and I'm not, I'm not the crazy one. <laughs> right. Not that, not, I'm not the over fandom thing. I, you know, I worked with Cheryl. I built her website. I worked, I built Tanya's website.
0: You're a fan, um, but you're a professional also. And that's the difference.
1: Yeah. And we work on a lot of different things. Jackson's called for photos, you know, it's just it, a, a lot of things that, you know, they know this is a source, my thousands and thousands of things I have, you know, Cheryl came came to my birthday and she surprised me and um, you know, Tanya's come to my birthday and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's,
0: I feel like part of the family. <laughs> I
1: feel like I'm the same cloud.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I get the sense of how this will happen now and all that. But what was the connection with the show? And I understand what you said earlier. You couldn't watch it at 10, you could watch it at 9, and that sort of thing. But what was it about Charlie's Angels that made the connection with you so strongly? For
1: me, I think it was a lot of adventure. It was the excitement, the angels. I mean, I deeply fell in love with Cheryl. Um, You know, she was my favorite angel, um, which Pharaoh would always when we when it was sparrows introducing me to people or as their assistant she's like who's your favorite angel I go Cheryl But "See, she doesn't even like me <laughs> um um and she cheesed me about that all the time Sarah cheesed me that Cheryl was my favorite all the time it was the funniest thing um she got a kick out of it um but um the show itself was just it was a fun adventure it was it was just you know they're always going different places and being different characters and that was that was the draw for me and it was just you know it, it was it was such a simple show but yet a lot of fun and you know they're always doing you know there was a toy adventure there were you know they're in hawaii they're always going on different adventures so it wasn't the same show every time um and you know you just I yeah, just love the girls. I mean, they were, they were great. I mean, I didn't want to date anybody, but I re- definitely wanted to go shopping with them, <laughs> which I now do. Um,
0: I have to be honest. Um, when I watched Charlie's angels back then, I did not think about shopping with them at all.
1: Oh, uh, well, yeah, um, I was more. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was more <laughs> thinking of that about, you know, the Duke boys. Anyway, um, <laughs> there you go. being, being, a, you know, a day man, I was at, at that time, I didn't know what it was. Well, that was years ago. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, Charlie's Angels had something for everybody. I mean, it was, for women, it showed that they could do whatever they wanted. It, for girls, you know, or, or young women, something they could do, you know, they uh, become, you know, they could do whatever they wanted. They could see these angels that were in jeopardies and getting themselves out of jeopardies and not having a male counterpart, you know, to save them. They saved themselves. Uh, for men, of course, it was beautiful women in bikinis, whatever they could put them in a bikini, they did. Uh, and for little boys, you know, like, posters got them through puberty, puberty. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's there was something for everyone, something for everyone.
0: But what was, you know, almost from out of the gate, at least my memory of it, is that it was a phenomenon almost right away. And...
1: It was. Period. So yeah.
0: what was that connection? Why do you, I mean, yeah, you got the whole jiggle TV thing is, you know, put quotes around that uh, of the time, but is that what it was? I mean, what was it that made this thing stand out that it connected with the audience in such Look, a massive if, if,
1: way? If Aaron could rebottle that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he would have tried it. He tried to do it every single time. Everybody tried to do the same thing with what Charlie's Angels did after Charlie's Angels. It's just one of those things where it's just worked. I think it's the angels, the the concepts of, you know, it was pretty much the first time, it was the first time women were in lead roles. I mean, these three women were not only breaking the ceiling of, you know, being three leads of their own show, but they were like, number one, you know, they were breaking rules that, you know, were, you know, before that, you had, you know, you had Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman only had, had Steve Austin, you know, but Wonder Woman did a whole, it was a little different thing, but that's a bad, that's a, that's kind of a bad, um, reference, but such like police you know, she had all the men around her that would help her, you know? And, and so women, it just had this thing. It, it was lightning in the bottle. You, you just, the perfect casting, the perfect angels. I mean, and you know, you had Farrah who became a bigger phenomenon than Charlie's angels itself did, uh, overnight. And it just was, I don't know. It just, you know, if if we could bottle that up, we would all be billionaires. Oh yeah, and absolutely. it's it, 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 when ER came out, I think Entertainment Weekly uh compared it to Charlie's Angels and how big it was or maybe it was New York Times, I can't remember. Um, compared it to the phenomenon of Charlie's Angels because ER was so huge right out out the bat too. Um and how big it was. Yeah. it's just Charlie's Angels. And then of course, you know, I think a lot with Charlie's Angels, you have you know, Ferris poster coming, bringing back the, pinned up with the girl at the time. Right. You know, and the resurgence of putting posters on your walls and that kind of stuff. Um, it, you know, it, posters on the walls never leave, but it really became prominent during that seventy, you know, 77, 78, 79, uh, 80. Yeah.
0: So, but how transformative was it on the lives and careers of those three, especially initially? Uh, Because, you know, once you get into other seasons and new actresses come in, it's like, okay, there's a new actor playing James Bond or there's a new actor playing Batman. And it's like, you know, it's like you're used to the change already. So once they start bringing in new people. But in that first season and the phenomenon, how transformative was that on them on a personal level and a professional level?
1: Well, I think professional level, they... You know, coming out of the bat, they weren't number, you know, they weren't like number 20 and then moved up to number 10 to number five. You know, right. they came out, they're number three. And then the following week, they were number two. and The following week, they were number one. So they were always on the top of the cuff. Um You know, many of them told me that, you know, they were working so hard all the time. I mean, they were like plugging their shows out. They had no time to really understand what was going on until like when they had a break and they could go out in public mm-hmm. and there would be mobbed. You know, people were, you know, they all had stalkers. Everyone was trying to break into their homes. Um, Cheryl, Cheryl Lads told me, you know, she was, she always says, one day I was nobody, and the next day everything I ate was something interesting. Someone was interested in what I ate. Right. You know, and overnight, you know, it shot these people into stardom. It shot them into, because they were on every magazine cover, and they were, Interviewed everywhere. I mean, and we're not just talking Los Angeles or or, or America. We're talking worldwide. I mean, everywhere they were on magazines. And, you know, when you have that kind of focus on you, it's hard not to, you know, become crazy rock stars. um, And overnight successes. And, you know, one day you're, you're nobody. And the next day, you know, as Jacqueline said, I can get, I can cut in line at the movie theaters, you know, right. that kind of stuff. <laughs> so
0: there you go, the the, the power of stardom.
1: Uh, and even with even with the replacements, when Shelley came in, she didn't know what was going to happen. She had no idea what she was stepping into because she, you know, was, was a very private person. And when she stepped into the, you know, Charlie's Angels, I mean, she said people were trying to break open the walls and come over to the house, and you know, it was something that she didn't. I mean, I, I think she was happy to leave the show because it was too much for her you know and share and and tanya the same i mean you know tanya walked in and uh, you know it's hard when she got when tanya got the role they said we'll call you tomorrow at 8 a.m and then we'll take you to the studio and announce you if you get the part and and next thing you know limo's picking her up and she's in front of you know 100 200 photographers right that's going worldwide so it's it was an amazing show and what it what it created was a phenomenon
0: Absolutely, but you when you look at somebody like Farah now, Farah of course had that stardom, had the poster, had like like you said, she was a bigger star than Charlie's Angels. But when she decided to leave, which is amazing, she was able to do that. I guess <laughs> contractually, how how she was able to yeah. work that out is amazing. But
1: unsigned contracts, unsigned contracts. Is that what it was? Was it unsigned contract? contract? Yes.
0: Really? Yeah. How stupid is yeah. that?
1: <laughs> for the toys, it was for the toys, it was for the merchandise. Um, that she didn't she never signed the 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 thing with Tara, she was a very, very, very smart businesswoman, the smartest businesswoman I've ever met. And she knew the, even then in seventy seven, she knew the good Lord. Um about that. Uh, she knew the power of, of her imagery and, and what what kind of money can come with that. Um what her you know, what she's worth as far as that's concerned and they were only offering her a uh, 2.5% of the merchandise. And, you know, at that point she already had her own poster coming out. You know, she knew how, you know, she, she wanted much more than that for her image and her rights. And that's why she didn't sign a contract. And she kept telling them, and uh, I didn't sign my contract. Can we negotiate this? Wow. And
0: yeah. So was it, so it wasn't about stardom, like, saying, oh, I'm too big for this show? Was it more about, you're not paying me fairly, so I'm out of here? Or was it, I have bigger things that I want to do now? Well, she,
1: that's twofold. she thought. She got, she got out because of the contract for, for the toys. But she didn't want to. She felt that she had done what she wanted to do with the character of Jill.
0: But it becomes what it becomes. And then Farrah, one of, you know, like you say, the bigger star than the show, wants out and is leaving. How terrifying is that for the show and the network at that point? Because it's already a phenomenon. And is it terrifying at all to Farrah or is she just perfectly fine?
1: Um, from all accounts, I think Farrah was perfectly fine with it. Um, I think it was terrifying for, you know, when you're on the hit show, you know, we just went through this with like Roseanne. Um, you have a whole cast and crew who is their livelihood and you're leaving the show and what happens after you leave the show and after the phenomenon is leaving the show, what happens to it?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's such a shaky ground and you don't know what's going to happen because can it survive? they leaving, you know, and, and that's the question of it. And, uh, you know, Aaron did the, the smartest thing about creating the character of Chris Monroe. Jill's little sister, and um, with the phenomenal casting of Cheryl, you know, Cheryl saved the show. I mean, all you know, ends of not ends. Cheryl saved the show because who knew? It it hit. Cheryl coming into the show also brought another lightning in the bottle. She, you know, with the cast, it just it just worked perfectly. It just moved on and. You know, if anybody else could have come, anybody else could have gone in there and it maybe would have just died. You know, you never know what yeah. have happened. But with Cheryl, it just kept going. She stepped into those, you know, angel high heels and, and in her bikini of and course. it kept going. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's still uh, for anybody to leave a show, especially, you know, after the first year, it's number one It's everywhere in the world. It had to be just, you know, I, you know, I would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. But, you know. It, it...
0: In retrospect for Farrah, though, did it work out? I mean, I remember, for instance, like David Caruso wanting so badly out of NYPD Blue after he had done such an amazing job in that first season. And he thought, oh, I'm going to go off. I'm going to be a big Hollywood movie star now. And, of course, it didn't work out that way for him.
1: Um well yes and no with Sarah. Um she went on she went on to do three films, uh right after that. "Somebody, somebody killed her husband, Sunburn and Saturn three. Um all were not huge successes in America. Uh a lot of them were much much bigger in Europe and uh, Japan. Um but it you know, the unfortunate thing, you know, when you force them to break away for something, you you I d I, I don't see the A lot of of people said there was a curse on Charlie Angels. You know, when people leave, you know, their careers would, like, kind of, you know, falter. Um, But they all bounced back. I mean, that's a really hard way to, I don't really like saying, that faltered. But there was a little bump in the road for Sarah. But, you know, she really wanted to do, you know, really great work, in which she then turned around and did Extremities on Broadway. She uh, did Extremities in the theater. She also did The Burning Bed and uh, really showed her acting chops um later on. And, you know, that you know, I, I I love the films that she did after the after the you know, after Charlie's Angels, but you know, one would have hoped it would have been a huge, huge hit.
0: Now the show the show of course ran its it ran its well, of course ran its course. Uh was it was the audience going away? Were the rate I mean and the ratings dropping? Creatively were they done? I mean what, what resulted in the show ending in Trump?
1: Well, it, the show ended, well, they had a hiccup because they had the um, writer's strike during the fifth season, and they were in in Hawaii. So they, the production shut down. Uh, they shot, I think they shot six episodes, uh, and then they came back for the writer's strike, which went on for like, I think, six months. It was, it was a long writer's strike, if not more. And then they went back and shot more after the writing strike was done here in Los Angeles. Uh, they came back to they didn't go back to Hawaii. They stayed here uh, due to production costs, I believe. And um, and the thing is, the show after the fifth year, you know, a lot of times uh, shows at the especially those those times. The fifth year was kind of like okay, the shows were kind of being repeated, and you're kind of seeing the same stuff, and they're trying to like. You know, there was one with the drag queen that was a killer. You know, they're trying to you know, there was a hotline club with uh that was the same one with this the killer. Um they're trying to do different things. Um but the, the also the I, I saw the huge problem at the time in the eighties is all of the, the uh nighttime dramas were coming. Dynasty, Dallas, uh Not uh, Flamingo. uh go Alone, nighttime turned into more of no more crime show, but the glitz and glamour of the eighties were taking over TV. Uh, the rich and famous. I always called the rich and famous takeover of television because that's what I thought that I, that's really what pushed all the crime shows out. And that's what took over the spots and those would became the hit shows. Funnily enough, Dynasty was an Aaron Spelling show. So he was still fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's worried about Aaron Spelling. He's fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so. No, not at all.
0: But, and yet the the concept has certainly gone on. And uh, I, I just would love to get your feeling about what it was, for instance, the two movies. I mean, what, as a Charlie's Angels fan and authority, uh, and I know you said you did some sort of consulting on it, yeah. what, what was your feeling about those movies, though? Because certainly it was a different medium and uh, much more, uh, much bigger budget and much more action and that sort of thing.
1: Yes, lots more action, a bigger budget, um, and a different time. wasn't as innocent as Charlie's Angels was in the in the seventies. Uh, Seventies was, you know, the late seventies was a much more innocent time. I think the movies hit the time period very well. Uh, the first film they really kind of touched on the original series, but they tried to make it their own. Um, you know it it had, you know, the characters had much, um, richer backgrounds with boyfriends and and lovers and and that kind of stuff. Um, but as far as the first film is concerned, it really was very, I think rooted in, in kind of like a Charlie's angels basis, basic TV, you know, and it, it it moved out a little further. Uh, the second film, um, honestly, it, became like a superhero they were flipping around they are going through the air they were, it was It was like what is going on what What? television is supposed to be simple you know and, yeah. and they were doing all these it, they became superheroes in the second film I, I felt
0: well then we also next, got, next question okay. oh okay I'll move on along uh, the twi- next question move on uh, that's right get away from those movies as fast as you can uh, the 2011 series I mean what's your feeling about that
1: oh horrible okay you can print that everywhere <laughs> horrible um, it was so off field. It was not Charlie's angels. Um, it reminded me more of, uh, what Leonard wanted to do in the seventies called the alley cats, um, kind of like a darker side of, of uh, um, you know, you know, these, these alley cats that are in leather and that kind of, that was his one of his original pitches for Charlie's angels, but it was called the alley cats, which I kind of felt that. Charlie's Angels 2011 was that. Um, if they had changed the name, I think the sh- the show would have been a success. I think um, when you watch Charlie's Angels, you expect something. Uh, the Charlie's Angels 2011, they're all criminals. They all have backgrounds. They're all, you know, they did evil, not evil stuff, but they were criminals. And that's not Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels are not criminals. They're detectives. They're upright, you know, Women who, you know, it just was, the whole mix was incorrect. And, you know, I, I, I would watch, I would come home and watch it, and I would start throwing things after 10 minutes. And, and so I'm like, what are you doing to this property? <laughs> um, it, you know, it was just, they try to do glitz and glam, but I'm like, it, whenever you get away from the Bible of a, a, a classic series, it just goes all wrong Yeah, you know then don't do it if you're not going to touch them back to the the original bible what the series is based upon it there's no reason to do it um and that said as you know i i still think if they changed the alley cats it would have been so much better and they probably still be going on now um because i like the actresses i like what they were doing it just needed to be tweaked away from charlie's angels because You know, Bosley was going to sleep with one of the angels. He started having, I'm like, no, no, this is no, no, you can't have a hot Bosley. Bosley's not that Bosley's the man who is like, you know, the core the the comedy relief or somebody who is, you know, comes in for the last minute with just something to help, you know, and he's, he's not the hot boy who wants to have sex with the angels. It's not, that's not it. He can be gay. That would be funny. Right. You know, and help the girls dress or whatever, and that would be that would be interesting interest choice. In I thought that would be something fun, but you know, just the things like that. And I, you know, honestly, I don't think criminals can work together.
0: With <laughs> That's interesting. Okay.
1: Right? I mean, I I'm, I might be wrong. I don't know. And then you're de- being detectives, and uh, it just went awry. It's and obviously very painful they de- to you. <laughs> Oh my god, it was eight episodes of pain. Um and every if you watch the series, every time they're out on a case, they put their hand up to their ear. Because they have they're supposed to have the earpieces on. Ah. And I'm like, come on. That criminal see you putting your hand to your ear. You're 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 dead. Why are you doing that? Why every Mika Kelly was the worst. Her hands up on her ear every single time like Someone 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 stop her, Stop her doing that. We we get that you do it once. We understand that you have the earpiece on. Please please stop. Stop.
0: You see now. Here's the interesting thing, Mike. What you're reminding me of is like when I when I think about the last episode of Smallville. Okay, the TV show Smallville. Mm-hmm. Right when Clark Kent becomes Superman, I waited ten years for that moment, and they blew it okay. so badly that I get so aggravated that that's exactly how you sound talking about the 2011 Charlie's Angels.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can go I can go on I I watched an episode the other day. Why? I was like ah. Quite the well, conundrum, oh, isn't oh because it? um because um Amazon has it uh, you can watch it on for free on Amazon, that's why. All right. Because there uh, are fans out there who liked it. And I for some reason I was watching episode episode eight never came out. They did they released the first seven on T V and then episode eight after they canned it they didn't do it and so they only released it on the dvd which this is just stupid stuff uh fans wanted to buy forty dollars worth of the pre-made dvd so now it's online for free and i was watching it to take screen caps to put it on the charlie's 2011 page
0: there. all right he's uh, <laughs> got a professional reason that's why for i was it. watching okay. the piece of crap there you um, go um Wow, that was a lot, but yeah, so
1: that, that was the reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to know what darkness in your soul compelled you to watch something you hate so much, but now we know.
1: Yeah, no, and then I would just watch it, going, "What are you kidding? What? Oh, god!" It's Smallville. Abbas I'm telling Abbas you, up, it's not...
0: the final episode of Smallville, all over, over again. <laughs> I know. He's Abazi's pissed off because the
1: hot guy who likes Mika Kelly's character wants it better, and he's wants it better. And I was like, "This is not Charlie's Angels. I don't know what this is, but this is not Charlie's Angels."
0: Wow. Well then
1: it's the the alley cats. It's the, that's right.
0: That's right. So what's your feeling now? Obviously they're they're planning on rebooting the the series again as a movie, a new movie. What's your feeling about it so far from what you've heard?
1: Well, no one's reached out to me. Uh, no.
0: (laughs) So Um, it's going down in flames. um, No kidding.
1: I don't know. I keep hearing about all these bodies are casting. I keep hearing about, I mean, I love Elizabeth Banks. I love everything. She's most everything she's done. I love her love commercials. Um I was excited that she was gonna be a part of it. When she announced that she was gonna be Bosley, I was like, Okay, still hold on. Right. What what's going on? And then there's another person who announced to be Bosley, uh Patrick Stewart. Another person who was announced to be Bosley. And then another, I'm like, okay, what what do we have? Tim to so Bosley? I mean, what's going on? What I mean, I don't uh, I have not read a script, so I don't I have no idea. Um, the Cassie of the girls. I haven't seen them together, so I can't say yes or no to them. Um, uh, The fans themselves, you can just go on my page, uh, Charlie's Angels Facebook page and see what they they have to say about that. (laughs) Um, Let's put it this way. I opened the Charlie's Angels 2019
0: page. What do you feel it is? You know, all these years later, uh, since the show premiered, what do you think the legacy of Charlie's Angels is?
1: Well, one legacy is we're talking about it still right now. Um, another legacy is they still want to continue to, um, create, um, new, you know, legacies of it. Uh, Charlie Venus itself is, it was three women and, you know, they, they were strong, independent women. You know, and we have, you know, we are in the middle of Me Too movement right now. And, you know, they're just, they're strong female characters. And they gave a le- legacy of women to look up to. I mean, every Halloween, people want to dress up like Charlie's three women want to dress up like Charlie's Angels. If three women are together taking a photo, wherever they are, they call themselves Charlie's Angels. It's the legacy of what they are is three strong women and women, you know, strong women doing their dreams or, or the work that they want to do or, or become who they want to become. Um, that's, I think when I see people, you know, doing the Charlie's angels poses, that is the continue of the legacy. You know, it's, it's what these actresses base the series on is strong, just strong women and strong being, being themselves. And, and, you know, at that point, breaking the ceiling of, you know, men on TV, you know, stepping out as, as angels.
0: Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike Pingle about Charlie's Angels. Please subscribe and let us know what you think about the podcast. Until next time, this is Ed Gross. Thanks for listening.